Section forty two of The Life of Samuel Johnson, Volume four. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Arup Sen. The Life of Samuel Johnson, Volume four, by James Boswell. Section forty two. To Mr. Perkins, dear sir, I cannot but flatter myself that your kindness for me will make you glad to know where I am and in what state. I have been struggling very hard with my diseases. My breath has been very much obstructed, and the water has attempted to encroach upon me again. I passed the first part of the summer at Oxford. Afterwards, I went to Lichfield thence to Ashbourne in Derbyshire, and a week ago I returned to Lichfield. My breath is now much easier, and the water is in a great measure run away, so that I hope to see you again before winter. Please to make my compliments to Mrs. Perkins and to Mr. and Mrs. Barclay. I am, dear sir, your most humble servant, Sam Johnson, Litchfield, October 4, 1784. To the Right Honourable William Gerard Hamilton, Dear Sir, Considering what reason you gave me in the spring to conclude that you took part in whatever good or evil might befall me, I ought not to have omitted so long the account which I am now about to give you. My diseases are an asthma and a dropsy, and what is less curable, seventy-five. Of the dropsy, in the beginning of the summer, or in the spring, I recovered to a degree which struck with wonder both me and my physicians. The asthma now is likewise, for a time, very much relieved. I went to Oxford, where the asthma was very tyrannical, and the dropsy began again to threaten me. But by seasonable physic, stop the inundation. I then returned to London, and in July took a resolution to visit Staffordshire and Derbyshire, where I am yet struggling with my diseases. The dropsy made another attack, and was not easily ejected, but at last gave way. The asthma suddenly remitted in bed on the 13th of August, and, though very oppressive, is, I think, still somewhat gentler than it was before the remission. My limbs are miserably debilitated, and my nights are sleepless and tedious. When you read this, dear sir, you are not sorry that I wrote no sooner. I will not prolong my complaints. I hope still to see you in a happier hour, to talk over what we have often talked, and perhaps to find new topics of merriment or new incitements to curiosity. I am, dear sir, etc., Sam Johnson, Litchfield, October 20, 1784. To John Paradise, Esquire. Footnote. Son of the late Peter Paradise, Esquire, His Britannic Majesty, Consul at Salonica in Macedonia, by His Lady, a native of that country. He studied at Oxford, and has been honoured by that university with the degree of Legum Doctor. He is distinguished 
not only by his learning and talents, but by an amiable disposition, gentleness of manners, and a very general acquaintance with well-informed and accomplished persons of almost all nations. Boswell. End of footnote. Though in all my summer's excursion I have given you no account of myself, I hope you think better of me than to imagine it possible for me to forget you, whose kindness to me has been too great and too constant not to have made its impression on a harder breast than mine. Silence is not very culpable when nothing pleasing is suppressed. It would have alleviated none of your complaints to have read my vicissitudes of evil. I have struggled hard with very formidable and obstinate maladies, and though I cannot talk of health, think all praise due to my Creator and Preserver for the continuance of my life. The dropsy has made two attacks, and has given way to medicine. The asthma is very oppressive, but that has likewise once remitted. I am very weak and very sleepless, but it is time to conclude the tale of misery. I hope, dear sir, that you grow better, for you have likewise your share of human evil, and that your lady and the young charmers are well. I am, dear sir, etc., Sam Johnson, Litchfield, October 20, 1784. To Mr. George Nicholl, footnote, bookseller to His Majesty, Boswell, end of footnote. Dear sir, since we parted, I have been very much oppressed by my asthma, but it has lately been less laborious. When I sit, I am almost at ease. I can walk, though yet very little, with less difficulty for this week past than before. I hope I shall again enjoy my friends, and that you and I shall have a little more literary conversation. Where I now am, everything is very liberally provided for me, but conversation. My friend is sick himself, and the reciprocation of complaints and groans affords not much of either pleasure or instruction. What we have not at home this town does not supply, and I shall be glad of a little imported intelligence, and I hope that you will bestow, now and then, a little time on the relief and entertainment of, Sir, yours, etc., Sam Johnson. Ashbourne, August 19, 1784. To Mr. Cruikshank, Dear Sir, Do not suppose that I forget you. I hope I shall never be accused of forgetting my benefactors. Footnote. Mr. Cruikshank attended him as a surgeon the year before. End of footnote. I had till lately nothing to write but complaints upon complaints, of miseries upon miseries, but within this fortnight I have received a great relief. Have your lectures any vacation? If you are released from the necessity of daily study, you may find time for a letter to me. In this letter he states the particulars of his case. In return for his account of my health, let me have a good account of yours, and of your prosperity in all your undertakings. I am, dear sir, yours, etc., Sam Johnson, Ashbourne, September 4, 1784. To Mr. Thomas Davies, August 14. The tenderness with which you always treat me makes me culpable in my own eyes for having omitted to write 
in so long a separation. I had, indeed, nothing to say that you could wish to hear. All that has been hitherto misery accumulated upon misery, disease corroborating disease, till yesterday my asthma was perceptibly and unexpectedly mitigated. I am comforted with this short relief, and am willing to flatter myself that it may continue and improve. I have at present such a degree of ease as not only may admit the comforts, but the duties of life. Make my compliments to Mrs. Davies. Poor dear Alan, he was a good man. To Sir Joshua Reynolds, Ashbourne, July 21. The tenderness with which I am treated by my friends makes it reasonable to suppose that they are desirous to know the state of my health, and a desire so benevolent ought to be gratified. I came to Litchfield in two days, without any painful fatigue, and on Monday came hither, where I purpose to stay, and try what air and regularity will effect. I cannot yet persuade myself that I have made much progress in recovery. My sleep is little, my breath is very much encumbered, and my legs are very weak. The water has increased a little, but has again run off. The most distressing symptom is want of sleep. August 19. Having had since our separation little to say that could please you or myself by saying, I have not been lavish of useless letters. But I flatter myself that you will partake of the pleasure with which I can now tell you that about a week ago, I felt suddenly a sensible remission of my asthma, and consequently a greater lightness of action and motion. Of this grateful alleviation I know not the cause, nor dare depend upon its continuance, but while it lasts I endeavour to enjoy it, and am desirous of communicating, while it lasts, my pleasure to my friends. Hitherto, dear sir, I had written before the post which stays in this town but a little while, brought me your letter. Mr. Davies seems to have represented my little tendency to recovery in terms too splendid. I am still restless, still weak, still watery, but the asthma is less oppressive. Poor Ramsay! Footnote. Alan Ramsay, Esquire, painter to His Majesty, who died August 10, 1784, in the 71st year of his age, much regretted by his friends. Boswell. End of footnote. On which side soever I turn, mortality presents its formidable frown. I left three old friends at Litchfield when I was last there, and now found them all dead. I no sooner lose sight of dear Alan then I am told that I shall see him no more, that we must all die. We always knew. I wish I had sooner remembered it. Do not think me intrusive or importunate, if I now call, dear sir, on you to remember it. September 2. I am glad that a little favour from the court has intercepted my furious purposes. Footnote. 
Northcote says that Johnson most probably refers to Sir Joshua's becoming painter to the king. I know, he continues, that Sir Joshua expected the appointment would be offered to him on the death of Ramsay, and expressed his disapprobation with regard to soliciting for it. But he was informed that it was a necessary point of etiquette, with which at last he complied. His furious purposes should seem to have been his intention to resign the presidency of the academy, on finding that the place was not at once given him, and in the knowledge that the academy there was a party against him. End of footnote. I could not in any case have approved such public violence of resentment, and should have considered any who encouraged it as rather seeking sport for themselves than honour for you. Resentment gratifies him who intended an injury, and pains him unjustly who did not intend it. But all this is now superfluous. I still continue by God's mercy to mend. My breath is easier, my nights are quieter, and my less are less in bulk and stronger in use. I have, however, yet a great deal to overcome. Before I can yet attain even an old man's health. Write. Do write to me now and then. We are now old acquaintance, and perhaps few people have lived so much and so long together, with less cause of complaint on either side. The retrospection of this is very pleasant, and I hope we shall never think on each other with less kindness. September 9. I could not answer your letter before this day, because I went on the 6th to Chatsworth, and did not come back till the post was gone. Many words, I hope, are not necessary between you and me, to convince you what gratitude is excited in my heart, by the Chancellor's liberality and your kind offices. I did not indeed expect that what was asked by the Chancellor would have been refused, but since it has, we will not tell that anything has been asked. Footnote. The Chancellor had not, it should seem, asked the King. End of footnote. I have enclosed a letter to the Chancellor which, when you have read it, you will be pleased to seal with a head, or other general seal, and convey it to him. I had, had I sent it directly to him, I should have seemed to overlook the favour of your intervention. My last letter told you of my advance in health, which I think in the whole still continues. Of the hydropic tumour there is now very little appearance. The asthma is much less troublesome, and seems to remit something day after day. I do not despair of supporting an English winter. At Chatsworth I met young Mr. Burke, who led me very commodiously into conversation with the Duke and Duchess. We had a very good morning. The dinner was public. Footnote. The Duke of Devonshire has kindly given me the following explanation of this term. It was formerly the custom at some, I believe, several of the large country houses to have dinners at which any of the neighbouring gentry and clergy might present themselves as guests without invitation. 
the custom had been discontinued at chatsworth before my recollection so as far as i am aware is now only kept up at wentworth lord fitzwilliam's house in yorkshire where a few public dinners are still given annually i believe however that all persons intending to be present on such occasions are now expected to give notice some days previously public dinners were also given formerly by the archbishop of canterbury and if i am not mistaken also by the archbishop of york i have myself been present at a public dinner at lambeth palace within the last fifty years or thereabouts and i have been at one or more such dinners at wentworth since receiving this explanation i have read the following in the second part of the greville memoirs june one eighteen thirty eight i dined yesterday at lambeth at the archbishop's public dinner the handsomest entertainment i ever saw there were nearly a hundred people present all full dressed or in uniform nothing can be more dignified and splendid than the whole arrangement End of footnote. september eighteen i flattered myself that this week would have be, would have given me a letter from you but none has come write to me now and then but direct your next to lichfield i think and i hope i am sure that i still grow better i have sometimes good nights but am still in my legs weak but so much mended that i go to lichfield in hope of being able to pay my visits on foot for there are no coaches i have three letters this day all about the balloon i could have been content with one do not write about the balloon whatever else you may think proper to say footnote six weeks later he was willing to hear even of balloons so long as he got a letter you he wrote to mr sastre may always have something to tell you live among the various orders of mankind and may make a letter from the exploits sometimes of the philosopher and sometimes of the pickpocket you see some balloons succeed and some miscarry and a thousand strange and a thousand foolish things End of footnote. October 2. I am always proud of your approbation, and therefore was much pleased that you liked my letter. When you copied it, you invaded the Chancellor's right rather than mine. The refusal I did not expect, but I had never thought much about it, for I doubted whether the Chancellor had so much tenderness for me as to ask. He, being keeper of the King's conscience, ought not to be supposed capable of an improper petition all is not gold that glitters as we have often been told and the adage is verified in your place and my favour footnote he alludes probably to the place of king's painter which since burke's reforming the king's household expenses had been reduced from two hundred pounds to fifty pounds per annum the place was more profitable than johnson thought it was worth having from the harvest it brought in by the multiple of the faces of king and queen as presents for ambassadors and potentates this is shown by the following note in sir joshua's price book november twenty eighth seventeen eighty nine remain in the academy five kings four queens in the house two kings and one queen End of footnote. 
but if what happens does not make us richer we must bid it welcome if it makes us wiser i do not at present grow better nor much worse my hopes however are somewhat abated and a very great loss is the loss of hope but i struggle on as i can to mr john nichols lichfield october twenty when you were here you were pleased as i am told to think my absence an inconvenience i should certainly have been very glad to give so skilful a lover of antiquities any information about my native place of which however i know not much and have reason to believe that not much is known though i have not given you any amusement i have received amusement from you at ashbourne where i had very little company i had the luck to borrow mr bowyer's life a book so full of contemporary history that a literary man must find some of his old friends i thought that i could now and then have told you some hints worth your notice and perhaps we may talk a life over i hope we shall be much together you must now be to me what you were before and what dear mr allen was besides he was taken unexpectedly away but i think he was a very good man i have made little progress in recovery i am very weak and very sleepless but i live on and hope footnote on november four he wrote to mr ryland i have just received a letter in which you tell me that you love to hear from me and i value such a declaration too much to neglect it to have a friend and a friend like you may be numbered amongst the first felicities of life at a time when weakness either of body or mind loses the pride and the confidence of self-sufficiency and looks round for that help which perhaps human kindness cannot give and which we yet are willing to expect from one another i am at this time very much dejected i am now preparing myself for my return and do not despair of some more monthly meetings to hear that dear pain is better gives me great delight i saw the draught of the stone over mrs johnson's grave shall i ever be able to bear the sight of this stone in your company i hope i shall End of footnote. this various mass of correspondence which i have thus brought together is valuable both as an addition to the store which the public already has of johnson's writing and as exhibiting a genuine and noble specimen of vigour and vivacity of mind which neither age nor sickness could impair or diminish it may be observed that his writing in every way whether for the public or privately to his friends was by fits and starts we see frequently that many letters are written on the same day when he had once overcome his aversion to begin he was i suppose desirous to go on in order to relieve his mind from the uneasy reflection of delaying what he ought to do footnote to him as a writer might be generally applied what he said of rochester his pieces are commonly short such as one fit of resolution would produce End of footnote.
while in the country notwithstanding the accumulation of illness which he endured his mind did not lose its powers he translated an ode of horace which is printed in his works and composed several prayers i shall insert one of them which is so wise and energetic so philosophical and so pious that i doubt not of its affording consolation to many a sincere christian when in a state of mind to which i believe the best are sometimes liable footnote against inquisitive and perplexing thoughts o lord my maker and protector who hast graciously sent me into this world to work out my salvation enable me to drive me from all such unquiet and perplexing thoughts as may mislead or hinder me in the practice of those duties which thou hast required when i behold the works of thy hands and consider the course of thy providence give me grace always to remember that thy thoughts are not my thoughts nor thy ways my ways and while it shall please thee to continue me in this world where much is to be done and little to be known teach me by thy holy spirit to withdraw my mind from unprofitable and dangerous inquiries from difficulties vainly curious and doubts impossible to be solved let me rejoice in the light which thou hast imparted let me serve thee with active zeal and humble confidence and wait with patient expectation for the time in which the soul which thou receivest shall be satisfied with knowledge grant this o lord for jesus christ's sake amen boswell End of footnote. and here i am enabled to fully refute a very unjust reflection by sir john hawkins both against dr johnson and his faithful servant mr francis barber as if both of them had been guilty of culpable neglect towards a person of the name of healy whom sir john chooses to call a relation of dr johnson's the fact is that mr healy was not his relation he had indeed been married to one of his cousins but she had died without having children and he had married another woman so that even the slight connection which there once had been by alliance was dissolved dr johnson who had shewn very great liberality to this man while his first wife was alive as had appeared in a former part of his work was humane and charitable enough to continue his bounty to him occasionally but surely there was no strong call of duty upon him or upon his legatee to do more the following letter obligingly communicated to me by mr andrew strahan will confirm what i have stated to mr healy number five in pie street westminster sir as necessity obliges you to call so soon again upon me you should at least have told the smallest sum will supply your present want you cannot suppose that i have much to spare two guineas is as much as you ought to be behind with your creditor if you wait on mr strahan in new street fetter lane or in his absence on mr andrew strahan shew this by which they are entreated to advance you two guineas and to keep this as a voucher i am sir 
Your humble servant, Sam Johnson. Ashbourne, August 12, 1784. End of section 42.